you know, no matter how how distant it might seem between you and your kid, there's always a part of them that wants to get close and wants to have a connection. So you just got to keep working and find that find that in your kid, that part of them that wants that wants to have the close relationship. Are you a Gen X parent who wants the best for your child and yet can't seem to connect the dots for a great relationship? Are you a Gen Zer who wishes your parents or older generations would get a clue? I'm Sydney, Gen Zer, and I'm Deb, Gen X parent. As a parent of three Gen Zers, I know how much you want what's best for your child, and yet relationally, you feel like you keep having misses in efforts to connect. Join us as we put Gen Z in the driver's seat as mentors and coaches for Gen X as we learn what really works for parents wanting to connect and develop the kind of relationship that helps both X and Z flourish. This podcast will give you the tools to build that authentic connection and an unshakable relationship with your Gen Zer. Welcome, welcome, Paxton. We are so excited to have you on our podcast today. Great relationships, Gen X and Gen Z. Um, as you know, this is a conversation that puts Gen Z in the driver's seat. And so for the next few minutes, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to learn from you as a coach and mentor to Gen X parents just like me who have this deep longing desire to have great relationships and deep connections with their kids. Uh, for our audience, um, Paxton is a senior. Uh, he and Sidney know each other from school, and I am confident uh, that we're going to gain a lot of wisdom and insight. So first, welcome, Paxton. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited for this conversation. Well, and I get the privilege of getting some time and spending time with you um, as a parent. And I want to start with some general um, understanding about the generational differences. I know that very often people who are older, read Gen X, will often describe Gen Z using adjectives for things like fragile, emotional, lazy, entitled. And I want to start by getting your perspective on the generations. What do you think is the biggest misunderstanding with Gen Z? Uh, I think the biggest misunderstanding is that uh, we are very hard workers. Um, I think it's different. There's a lot of differences in what we went through and what the older generations went through. But uh, I think we work very hard in school and out of school. Um, and I think that's something that even if it's hard to see, it really is true. I think that's one of the biggest misunderstandings. I, I knowing you and watching how uh, Gen Z and how you all manage like the variety of things. I mean, it's it's almost like now, I think in your generation, you don't only have school, but you've got, you know, the extracurriculars, the academics, the work. You know, when you, when you look at how a, a Gen Z parent, you know, may be missing that, what's important for us to understand about timing and about how hard it is and how much work you're putting into things? Any any perspective you can give a Gen X parent on how we should be looking at our Gen Zers through the lens of how hard they're working? Yeah, I think uh, uh, that's a good point. I think part of that is like when you when you see your kid or see kids maybe on their phone or looks like they're being a little bit lazy that is it's not uh that could be the effect of all the the time and stress from school and the few hours after school that you're doing the extracurricular activities so i think having a little bit of grace with um the leisure time and not trying to because you don't see you don't see us when we're 
doing all the work that we're doing necessarily. So I think having a little bit of grace in terms of that is super important. Wow. That's an important word. And it's a word I really like. So what do you see or hear in what Paxton's saying about this, this idea of hardworking and, and extending grace? Well, I definitely think it's like prevalent when it comes to school and that like a lot of the time we go to school for seven hours and then we come home and we just want to relax for a little bit. And I think sometimes parents can look at, oh, you're relaxed and you're not doing anything. Like, why aren't you doing your homework? Why aren't you studying? But then it's like, and you can also see my grades are good and you can see I'm not failing at school. So like, obviously I'm working hard to keep that up. And just in the moments that like they overlook the time that we're actually spending like doing our schoolwork because they kind of look at school as like a job and how like you guys do jobs we do school it's just the basic things but that doesn't mean that we're not working really hard and I think that like it like Paxton's saying like it can sometimes just be like not seen as like hard working and more so just like oh that's what you have to do so yeah well you know I can say Paxton as a Gen X parent I have never met a Gen X parent that does not have like this deep desire to have great connections and great relationships. And when I think about sometimes where our generations get at a crossroads or we miss one another, what do you think as a general sense, what do you think Gen Z's biggest challenge or beef is with our Gen X parents? And, and really as we're thinking about the desire to have a close and connected relationship, what do you think is getting in the way? Uh, I think there's a lot of factors, uh, in different cases, but I think one big thing is really just timing, like time of day. Um, so when it comes to having a close connection with uh, between generations, between parents and kids, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta talk and you have to have good conversations. But a lot of those times, you know, we're either really tired or stressed or just don't want to talk. We just want to listen to our music. Um, so I think picking the right time, um, time of day. You know, if, if you see your kid you know with their headphones in and you know just don't look in the mood to talk then that's probably not the best time to nag them about their day but if you see them started trying to start a conversation or seeming more open um to talking then i think it's just it's 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 tough but just you got to pick the right moments um and it's not easy but that's that's what that's how it is yeah well i think that's for some great advice for relationships in general timing is everything and and i do think sometimes eagerness to be connected we pick the time that's best for us and we don't always read the situation said so i know you're you're making a face at me because i think i might miss some timing sometimes but all that being said what do you what do you sense about you know this the challenge that that gen zers do have with their gen x parents i think that like timing is such a big thing that goes into many things so like timing and then like emotions when it comes to your relationships with your with your parents because I feel like it goes both ways like sometimes kids are like wow why do they keep nagging at me and I'm like just want to lay here and not talk to anybody after I talk to people all day or like but then also I think it's like parents that are like oh why won't my kid talk to me I haven't seen them all day and I think that that's kind of hard but I also think that and a lot of the time parents kind of expect that like oh like they just, they're just going to speak to me. They're always going to talk to me. Like they're always going to have that conversation with me. And I think that sometimes it's hard for parents to realize like, okay, like my kids have done a lot of things today. Like they still have a lot to do. And like, if they don't want to talk in this moment, it doesn't mean they hate me or anything. Like it's not like in a negative way. It's just simply because right now I just want to be with myself. And like, I feel like sometimes that can be looked at as like, 
oh, my kid's like trying to be so mean to me right now and is like pushing me away and I don't understand why. So there's kind of like that disconnect. So it brings up a good point, Paxton. I'd love to get your your thought on that regard with it with that regard is that it's sometimes I do think Gen X parents, when they are that they're missing the timing or the cues, it's very easy to feel rejected. And you know, I guess what would you what would you say to that? Like, you know, is there hope? Uh, we don't have to feel rejected that you know that our kids just because they're not ready to connect with us when we're ready that that isn't necessarily that that they're that rejecting us or that you don't like us of some you know in some way yeah i think there is hope um i think it's just it takes a lot of patience i know it's hard because it's not just us going to school it's you guys going to work all day um so it can be easy to get frustrated but i think having a little bit of patience uh will pay off because if you you know just keep trying to forge that connection and keep trying to pick the right times and it will come and we will start to open up. Um, but if it's, you know, if it's, if it's, you try one time and then you're like, Oh, like Sydney said, think you, that we hate you then. And it probably will stop. You know, there probably no chance of that. So just have patience. Yeah, that's good. You know, Pax, I, before I shift gears to Sydney to ask some of what we call our usual suspect questions, I really on a, kind of a large scale level, you know, relationships just as a general sense are about mindset, they're about action, they're about effort. And I would love to get your really practical counsel if there were things that a Gen X parent like me could be doing differently. Can you give some practical ideas of ways that we could do things differently that would produce great results? in our relationships with our Gen Z kids? Yeah, uh, I think you got to take an interest, try or at least pretend to take an interest in what our kids are interested in. Because, uh, you know, if, if they're, you know, if you see them listening to certain music or something, even if you hate that kind of music, you know, saying, hey, I just checked out this artist or whatever, you know, it's little things like that um, that could really be the difference. So I think taking an interest and trying to pay attention, pay attention to what's, your kid is doing and what they're interested in because it could it can open a whole world of conversations and a whole new part of your relationship i appreciate your grace in that pretending to be interested is still counts as interest in the sense that we're making an effort and that's what i'm hearing is that clicking in action even if it isn't necessarily our favorite hobby or activity or music or whatever it would be um that would that would stand out um i'm counting on you to agree with me because that's something that that I, I want parents to know that if you if you are curious and interested, it can go such a long way. Would you agree? I agree. Awesome. Well, Sid, as we transition to some of the questions that we we ask um, around the usual suspects, um, walk walk us through what what we want to learn from Paxton's point of view. So the first question I'm going to ask is, what advice do you have for your Gen X parents and how to talk about or bring up their worries that their Gen Z kid is isolating or struggling with the mental health? Uh, I think for the parents, you have to come in with the lens that your kid is not doing something wrong or is is choosing in any way uh, to be struggling with whatever they're struggling with. I think you have to come in uh, in the lens and mindset that uh, of, of how can how can you be how can you be there for them. And that has to be above all uh, the, the number one priority is how you, how can you be there for your kid, not how can you what what can the kid change or how can you fix this? It's how just how can you be there for them? Right, and I think you bring up a good idea when you talk about that 
your kid isn't choosing to have these issues with mental health. I think it's like, I think it's a big idea that it's not like kids are waking up every day and saying, I want to be anxious. I want to be depressed. I want to have like struggles with this and that. And I, I think that sometimes parents can get lost and kind of being like, we'll just get over it. Like if, if you don't want it, then why, why are you feeling this way and stuff? And I think that it's more, it's way harder than that. And it can become such a deeper thing than just, yeah, I'm okay. Like I'm fine now today. And I think that once they like, once it clicks in their mind that the kid isn't doing anything wrong and that mental health is real and it's happening with their child, I think then you can overcome that boundary of like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to do. Because then also, like you said, like being able to like help your kid in a way that's like letting them come to you instead of trying to be like, let's change this right now. You know, perhaps I think one of the, the struggles in this arena is sometimes as a Gen X parent, we're observing you guys and you are so over scheduled or so over invested or you're taking you know so much on in your school and you know sometimes the mental health can be anxiety it can be depression sometimes it can be burnout um i just want to build on on this question you know if 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 a gen x parent thinks that their gen z kid is overdoing it you know trying to cram in too much what's the right way to approach that subject without alienating your kid or making your kid feel judged any wisdom that you might offer, you know, if, if we want you to kind of slow it down or maybe take a break, what's the best way to bring that up? Uh, yeah, it's, t- it's tough because um, there's a lot of pressure involved with doing it, you know, especially with the college process, you know, you want to do a lot of stuff and you want to get as many things on that list as possible to show, you know, do all this stuff. But um, I think as a parent, you have to, you have to, you know, you, if, if you see that your kid is a little burned out and not too happy with what they're doing you have to say i think you got to ask them like are you are you really happy doing this and i think that will start a conversation um because why you know why do we do these we do these activities because we want to but if it if we don't want to then there's no reason to if it's just hurting us so i think you have to come in with uh you got to just see if your kid is even happy doing what they're doing wow one one additional point to that because something just clicked for me I'm imagining and i don't know that this is your experience but i would imagine if you look across the peer group how many kids in your generation are doing activities or engaging in things that because they, the parents want them to do those activities and that basic question of like is this fulfilling you is this making you happy um i don't know that i'm not i don't know that it's always as obvious you know if, if i want you to be a particular type of student or athlete or whatever it is i, I think sometimes kids can get caught in this sort of wanting to please their parents, but not necessarily because they they're happy doing what they're doing. Is that is that a fair? I guess I don't know if that's your experience, but I, I'm certainly seeing it your generation. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, exactly. And like also just along the fact that like not even just if your parents pushing you on something, but your whole like your child's own mindset around not even if you're pushing them to be perfect or something. It's more so like I want to be the best and like knowing that there's so much competition within like their grade, within their sport, within their friends. Like there's so much competition in the world that like if your kid seems like they're stressed out, like you have to understand like it's not because they're so like, oh, I need to do this and that and that. It's like it's kind of hard to be around in a situation where everyone might be excelling and you're not excelling as much or and like struggling with that that level of like okay, like, am I good enough? And, like, what I think is, like, imposter syndrome is a big thing. And, like, 
understanding that like that's really prevalent in kids, especially when they're in a sport or when they're trying to get straight A's in a school that's like academically like rigorous. So. Yeah. Okay, so our next question is, what advice do you have for Gen X parents and how to talk about or bring up discussions around risky behaviors like drinking, vaping, drugs, sex, etc.? Uh, I think that as a parent, you can't uh, can't make the kid feel like they're going to get in trouble. Um, it, it, it has to be more of a, a conversation than an interrogation. Because um, I think you have to remember that you were once our age. Um, so I think... If you have a, if you can earn your kids' trust by not getting angry um, and getting on the attack about what your kid is doing, um, then I think you can earn a lot of trust and have a more open conversation um, if you're willing to listen and not not get super angry or emotional. Right, and I think that from noticing from this in- in interview and multiple other ones is when for whoever is listening, it I think a big thing is like that anger aspect and that personally for me and uh, I think for many kids they don't react well to anger it's not it's either going to be like oh they're apologizing because they got they got caught or they're apologizing because they're scared or something like that that's just like in the end they're not really getting much from it and I think that if you get ahead of it like you were saying or when it does happen is like kind of with like open arms and like that open mindset to like letting them explain or letting themselves like understand like how did they get in this position and that like they were also kids at some point so it's it's like not that like they're like oh go do whatever you want I don't care but like understand that like okay like I've done this before or like I've known people who've done this and so it's like not so much from a I didn't eat you because you did this <laughs> mindset so well and I think when your constructive interrogation is a good one I I'm I, I draw something from that it, what stands out for me when you were describing this is come at this with a sense of empathy or compassion um, that that's going to set the condition for having a, a better dialogue about risk and what to expect. I, I want to add one other question on this. We've heard a lot of kids talk about how important it is to feel like your your parents are safe so that if you find yourself in a bad situation or if you find yourself in a risky scenario or having made a mistake, if it would be um, creating safety. Any, any thoughts on how parents can make their kids feel safe when it comes to some of these more risky or, or difficult situations? Uh, yeah, if I may speak, speak from personal experience, at least I think my one thing my parents told me is that no matter what situation you're in, if you're in a bad situation, like we will come pick you up. You know, you can't feel if you tell your kid that don't be afraid to call, even if it's you know you're you're not where you're supposed to be and you're not late. You know, don't worry about. You know, don't worry about getting in trouble. Like we, you're safe. You know, we will come get you. We will, we will be there for you. You know, it's doesn't mean you won't get in trouble later. But you know, the 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 number one goal is safety. And if you can not get too angry at your kid for you know not being where they told you you were going to be or not doing what they're supposed to, then then I think that's a that's a big piece of it. Another question that we have is from your perspective, what do you think is the best way for Gen X to have a deeper, more intimate connection with their Gen Z kids? Uh, I think. I think this is back to what I said about finding the the common interests and stuff. I think having things to talk about um, that you're both interested in, and that goes both ways. You know, the kids finding things that parents like. I think doing shared activities. Um, I think that can build a really deep connection. Right, like that that common ground and that paying attention to like the little things is has a big impact. 
Bex, this has come up a few times about the idea of activities with your kids and finding the common ground. Are there any practical things that you've seen or experienced that you know that you enjoy? Like when we, when we think about things you enjoy doing with your with your gen with your Gen X parents, in any any perspective, as I as a Gen X parent who wants to learn, like what are some ideas? Like I, you know, if, if we don't necessarily feel like we've got things in common with our kids. Um, are there activities that you can point to or, or actions that have worked well or that would be possible ideas? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, part of it is stepping outside of your comfort zone. And um, I think, you know, as a parent, you kind of have to suck it up a little bit and do what you don't want to do. But also part of it is it is your responsibility to force your kid to do some stuff. So if, you know, if you think this would be, hey, let's go for a hike. You have to say, hey, let's go. We're going. And, you know, you never know what can. And maybe they hate it, but if they like it, then you start to do that. So I think, you know, it is, it's a very fine line, but you do have to, you know, push a little bit, push and see what, uh, see what, yeah, see what you guys like. So I think stuff like that, I mean. I think it's great counsel. And, and sometimes it's just, let's go do something. It doesn't, you know, that not maybe getting so hung up on finding the perfect thing, but doing an activity together and the action that I think there's a lot, lot of value and, and maybe, Maybe you won't like hiking, but to the point of pushing through and saying, we're doing it anyway, to try it out, you know, test this out. Sometimes you can find some common ground, uh, which I think is great. Well, you know, Pax, as we are wrapping up uh, our conversation with you, I, I know that there have been so many good perspectives that you've shared with us. And so Sid, I, as you think about some of the highlights and takeaways, and again, from what Paxton has said, that you think parents need to hear in Paxton's perspective, what would you say is, is really important? I think being empathetic and understanding situations and like recognizing both sides on from the child and the adult from like what they're going through and being empathetic to how they're choosing to go about things. And I also think that level of trying to be like having a good connection and relationship, but that doesn't mean that it always has to be one person's feelings and like what excites them and stuff doing that it doesn't have to be only one side yeah but i got two really important takeaways that that stand out for me paxton one is this understanding of timing i think a lot of disconnections between the generations is not having a good read on when is it the right time to engage in whatever conversation activity dialogue whatever it may be and i think that's a really important observation that I think Gen X, if we if we are more curious about timing and pay attention to it, we might get better results versus just activating and a- acting on uh, areas of interest without looking at the context. Context and timing I'm really taking away from this. Um, and the second thing, I think it is a through line for you. It's find common interest and it doesn't mean you necessarily have to love everything your kid loves but showing curiosity making an effort to learn you know listen to an artist find a find an activity that perhaps you can do together and sometimes you just got to suck it up and do the activity whether you want to do it or not because what's most important and what is the benefit that comes out of that is that deeper closest in the relationship so as we wrap tonight closing encouragement and advice you know if you think about uh, things that parents can can 
Gen X parents can can have hope uh, that there's going to be an, an awesome opportunity to get closer to their kids. Uh, any any closing ideas or advice for us? Yeah, I think uh, you know, no matter how how distant it might seem between you and your kid, there's always a part of them that wants to get close and wants to have a connection. So you just got to keep working and find that find that in your kid, um, that part of them that wants that wants to have the close relationship. Um, and it's not easy, but it can and it will happen. Such great words to end. So Paxton, thank you so much for giving us your perspective, your wisdom. And I know a lot of Gen X parents are going to benefit from from the wise guidance you give it. So thanks and we'll thank see you really soon. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thank you for listening to Great Relationships, Gen X and Z. If you liked anything valuable or took away even one idea from the show, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to share with your friends. Help us build the bridge between Gen X and Gen Z for more hits and less misses in creating great, authentic relationships.